to discuss the real issues affecting the Tasman nations, this is Trad Tasman Talk, jointly produced by the Unshackled.net and RightMinds.nz. Now, here's Tim Wilms in Australia and Dewa DeVore in New Zealand. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Trad Tasman Talk on this Friday, the 5th of August, 2022. I'm Tim Wilms, Editor-in-Chief of The Unshackled, here in Melbourne, where it is 6pm. And I am Dewa DeBoer, here in Auckland, where it is 8pm, and it is good to be back after a few weeks' absence. Um, still managed to get sick this week again, thanks to the... Uh, 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 the uh, immune-destroying uh, border closures for the past few years. So now every second week, the kids come back with something from, from school. Um, but uh, other than having some coughing fits this morning, I'm feeling perfectly fine. <laughs> yes, those darn kids, those vector of uh, diseases. That's why they, they all need to be masked to save a 90-year-old uh, grandma because that's apparently how the science still works. Well, that's according yeah. to... Our uh, Chief Health Officer here in Victoria, Brett Sutton, who claimed that 100% uh, mask compliance in schools uh, could, uh, what is it, uh, reduce deaths by 5-10%. That's according to the uh, always wrong uh, Burnett Institute <laughs> modelling. Well, exactly. That's the thing, that they're always wrong. Uh, and I know I missed Bloomfield's departure last week. I, I believe you talked about it with Stephen, but uh, I thought I would just... Uh, mention it again then uh, for those who who, di who didn't tune in last week obviously um, a director general of health Ashley Bloomfield uh, retired resigned um, in the uh, uh, late July and in his, on the day of his last uh, presentation the media were you know clapping and talking about how what an amazing job he had done the one thing they did not report was that uh, on his last day we had the highest number of recorded official deaths with COVID so uh, in terms of uh, his own numbers, uh, you know, he is the very last the, day. The uh, between and, uh, Australia and New Zealand. Yeah, and uh, so um, yeah, that's the the seven day linear average there. Uh, so as you can see, uh, that uh, New Zealand uh, after well it still had its borders completely shut uh, you're you're officially open now to the well only to to vax uh, vaccinated yeah un unless unless you're a ukrainian uh, if people have seen avi yemeni's latest video on it yes uh, i don't know if you want it he want i don't know if you wanted to come to new zealand or why he's talking about it but yes uh, you either have to be vaccinated or you have to be a ukrainian uh, if you want to come into new zealand because <laughs> as, uh, as everybody from... knows as everybody knows that uh, there's no COVID in Ukraine. It doesn't work there anymore because they've they've got the next thing going on already. Uh, as you can see from those uh, graphs, uh, obviously Australia and New Zealand similar culturally, both uh, in our winter. Uh, but uh, the mask mandates in New Zealand in, yeah, uh, haven't really made uh, a difference to no, it's, causing uh, Omicron uh, BA five wave i it's so it looks like both our nations are past the peak and uh yeah the the masks uh they, 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 no they, as you they, can see from those those graphs we are basically at 
uh, surpassing uh, Australia in deaths, at least in new deaths now, I believe in total deaths uh, per capita. Again, official deaths with COVID. Uh, uh, the official numbers here, we will be by basically every single metric doing worse than Australia. And yet we still have uh, the, you know, we, we were told we had the world-class health response, you know, best in the world, blah, blah, blah. Australia was terrible. Mm. New Zealand's doing, you know, that's the propaganda that people are fed still to this day, every single day, propaganda about how New Zealand is, is doing so great. When really by these metrics, we are, um, we're, we're, you know, a, a, and an utter total being failure. Being shut off to the rest of the world apart from Australia until August 1 made no difference. Uh, either and of course only uh vax foreigners are allowed in uh given that there's still heaps of uh media uh, and uh, political hysteria about COVID in australia uh it it's perplexes uh, a lot of people who hear it that australia is actually fully open even more open than the us and canada unvaxxed Foreigners, tourists, and visa holders can come in, but uh, you wouldn't know it uh, with some of the discourse. No, uh, yeah. So, and obviously, you know, your uh, life's gone back to normal there. Uh, life's gone back to normal in most much of Europe. Although uh, we do hear rumors of you know the Germans doing German things as they tend oh, to do, yes. at least in the rest uh, of Europe. Yeah, ma mask uh, <laughs> mandates uh, from uh, September. Mm -hmm onwards uh presumably so it, just, it never ends like we maybe like the we've been saying because there's no power <laughs> that's exactly it absolutely bizarre uh, uh hello to all those people in the chat by the way i see a few regulars in there um good to see you margo origin colin and so on and all, all the others um great to see you uh yeah, yeah so obviously while the rest of the world has moved on we have um uh um jacinda ardern still going on the news talking about how schools maybe may choose to enforce mask mandates and how maybe she's like super happy to bring mask mandates back. Yeah, because uh, there was the, we had in Victoria, the, the education uh, department and uh, the, that, uh, sorry, I've got, a, I've got a crying, sorry, I've got a crying baby that's just come in here. I'll, I'll be back in a minute. A lot of students, of course, will be returning to school for the term um, today. Some students may go to school yeah. and get a detention if they're not wearing a mask. So are you comfortable with that? Well, ultimately, um, and this is where it coming down to the way that schools want to implement their own policies, we were really... Um, we were really open-minded on this issue. We, in fact, went back multiple times to education and health and said, look, if you believe we should bring that mandate back, we are happy to do that. Whatever you think is going to be in the best interests of our learners and our schools and our health outcomes. And they came back to us and said, look, we believe that we should strongly encourage their use, but we should still leave schools to implement the policies themselves so the and policy, so that's where though, we've landed and the policy up until april was you have to wear a mask in may it was encouraged yep. in july it's encouraged with punishment for those who don't i mean this is very confusing it's no, causing no, a lot of anxiety not, for that's, teachers that's not actually that's not actually correct um, we of course have our settings and from the government's perspective uh, when we move those settings we change some of those rules so of course we don't have mandated mask use in schools we have not said you must punish students if they don't use masks or well, anything there is, of that nature it does actually we, say that you uh, you would enforce it in the same way as sun hat <laughs> sunblock sunblock rules and uniform rules would be enforced 
But ultimately, schools determine how they choose to do but that. But there is we punishment. Do have to, and this is, yeah, and look, ultimately, here, we have said we're not making it compulsory here, but we're strongly encouraging use. It's quite uh, confusing so look, you know, for students. It's one of those... <laughs> Uh, I don't believe it is, um, because this, in many cases, schools have continued to use them all the way through. Okay, so schools have to make up their own minds, um, but they do or, or don't have to enforce it. Um, just in terms of um, leadership, too, before before you go, um, Prime Minister, the it's Greens... It's encouraged, and schools determine how they enforce it. That's it. Okay, okay, so they do enforce it, but they can decide how. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Uh, in the, the letter that uh, the Victorian Education Authorities uh, sent out to, to principals that uh, mask use was an expectation, but there was to be no sanction of uh, students. So you could definitely pressure uh, students in Victoria, but you couldn't punish them, which it seems to be that uh, the, the, the punishment is, uh, what is it? It's uh, open to interpretation. In New well, the, the masks are the punishment. <laughs> oh, true, true that. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, anyway, it's, it's still bizarre. It's still absolutely insane over here. Uh, and yeah, yeah. As, as I was saying before, I had kids sick, uh, so one of the one of the girls um, has a fever, and so she got up, and and so that's why I had, it ran off before. But yeah, that's just the uh, the winter illnesses getting worse thanks to Jacinda and her masks. Yeah. Well, it's perfect timing to just play uh, that clip, uh, though a, a lot of our audience there, they do get triggered when they do see an unmasked Jacinta. And uh, now the, all of the, the states and territories uh, during this wave are, uh, resisted calls to, to reintroduce uh, broad-based uh, mask mandates. Uh, what is it? AHBCC, uh, 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 the Australian Health Protection uh, committee uh, said that mask use was strongly recommended uh, indoors. And so this has made for a interesting return of federal parliament with the, uh, the Labor, Greens and, and Teals all, all following the health advice science TM and wearing masks and the, the coalition MPs largely not. Uh, so last week I, I played the, the new Aged Care Minister Annika Wells uh, being a masked Karen in Parliament. Mr Speaker, I only regret that I can't follow that lovely team of dedicated clinical legends around the country getting my fourth dose at every facility to drive up awareness and vaccination rates. Such is my determination to leave no stone unturned in getting aged care through winter. But alas, I am advised that that would be against the medical advice and we on this side of the House actually follow the medical advice. Yeah. Where are your masks? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so this week uh, we had... Uh, it, it, they love their masks so much that it, nothing upsets them more than, than you not wearing yours. That's how much they love their own masks. Yeah, so we had uh, Teal... <laughs> Uh, independent uh, member for Kuyong, Dr. Monique Ryan. Uh, she's uh, she was uh, before politics. She was a pediatric uh, uh, neurologist. Uh, so uh, she defeated uh, former federal treasurer Josh Frydenberg in the the, the battle for Kuyong. Uh, this is her asking a question about long COVID. Can the minister please happened. explain how he proposes to manage 
the oncoming national significant burden of disability and chronic illness. Put your masks on. From repeated infection. Order. From, from repeat infection with COVID-19. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good on those coalition MPs for uh, uh, groaning and, yeah. and heckling. I, yeah. I, couldn't even, I couldn't even imagine our opposition doing that here. You know, that's how pathetic and gutless they are. Mm. And so, uh, yeah, uh, Monique's uh, supporters, they, they had this... Uh, artwork on, except that uh, of course it's okay to, to speak in parliament without a mask on and also pose uh, for a photo op uh, with your your fellow uh, teals uh, after the successful uh, emissions reduction legislation passed as long as you're seen clutching your mask uh, I assume they all hold their breath uh, while posing <laughs> and hey, uh, we we joke, but I wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, and uh, Kate Shaney, she's been uh, she's the the teal independent from Western Australia in Curtin. She's been photoshopped in there because, despite being so careful and uh, you know wearing a mask like the other teals, she still got uh, COVID. And uh, this is uh, Monique Ryan earlier uh, this year uh, with Jacinta Ardern again. Um, would have liked to have seen uh, Jacinta <laughs> with a with a mask, with a mask on there. On. And this is uh, a Monique Ryan's uh, supporters on election night celebrating her victory. I see my comment has already been stolen by someone in the chat. I was going to say that it looks looks more like a monkeypox super spreader event to me, but uh, Hadrian beat me to it. <laughs> that was on May twenty one. Uh, that was uh, the day after the the first uh, monkeypox uh, incursions uh, into Australia, and uh, yes, uh, because the 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 BA five Omicron wave looks to have peaked. The national cabinet meeting that we had on on Thursday, it was uh, more about uh, the the monkeypox outbreak uh, because we have fifty eight cases uh, in Australia. I see that New Zealand has got got three. Uh, so uh, the, our chief medical officer Paul Kelly declared uh, MPX. That's its uh, what is it? Uh, shorthand: a communicable disease of national uh, significance. And uh, also that there's, we've had the, <laughs> I don't think the it's first, a national significance. <laughs> we've had the, the, the first uh, deaths in the, the West uh, from monkeypox. Uh, there's the official monkeypox tally uh, with all the, so the, the USA is going absolutely uh, exponential <clears throat> growth there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's Basically been two Spain, deaths in Spain. We, when we looked at this a couple of weeks ago, Spain was number one, uh, but I see that they've lost their spot. So it's the, um, the, the, the globalist American empire at the top. 
Yes, uh, the what is it? Uh, Biden has just declared uh, monkeypox a health emergency. Mm-hmm. So has uh, San Francisco, uh, New York State, and uh, New York uh, City. And, so that uh, means they're going to require uh, everyone to keep in their pants, right? That's that's the new health requirement, right? No, because that would be uh, <laughs> uh, discrimination. I mean, this is the uh, perverted uh, contradiction with the, the monkeypox outbreak and obviously the COVID outbreak, if you'll pardon my pun, that because mm-hmm. a 98% of cases internationally uh, in gay, bisexual men and other men who have sex with, with men, uh, you can't stigmatise uh, the... Uh, the, the 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 most uh, at risk uh, groups, and uh, I know uh, a lot of people have been perplexed by this. Uh, it's been around for decades. This term, men who have sex with men, uh, it's it's an all inclusive a, a sexual health term because obviously not all uh, men who have sex with men identify as gay or bisexual. They, they might uh, <laughs> be, be married to, to women, as uh, Karen from, from Media Bear uh, has uh, outlined. My husband's getting the monkeypox one. Right, y'all. If your husband comes home and says that he's getting the monkeypox vaccine, it's time to um, it's time to investigate your your marriage. And uh, we had our health minister Mark Butler uh, announce that uh, the Albanese government had secured 450,000 doses of the new third-generation monkeypox virus uh, MPX vaccine by Bavarian Nordic. Uh, so some uh, 22,000 will arrive in Australia this week. The remainder will arrive later this year and in uh, 2023. So. It says uh, a, the, the government is acting quickly to limit the spread and protect the community. So uh, uh, the declaration by the, the chief, uh, chief medical officer, uh, it uh, alerted the national, I call it the National Indecent Centre, uh, to activate <laughs> a national uh, response. And so it says the government will provide funding to peak organizations to undertake targeted communication activities that support the monkeypox response in Australia. A highly targeted campaign will also be created to encourage at-risk populations to vaccinate. Mm -hmm. And uh, I also should, it's it's again weasel words, at-risk groups of of monkeypox. Uh, The uh, the Barbecue Bulletin, they had uh, 98% of monkeypox cases in gay, bisexual males and other 2% uh, just kidding themselves. Uh, we're also told that in Australia, the 58 cases, they're exclusively in the at-risk uh, cohort. And um, one of, uh, one of the, the Australian sufferers of monkeypox has decided to, to out himself uh, Jack uh, Barlow, who's a, a former uh, liberal staffer, who's uh, said that uh, you know the uh, the, fe- the federal government's been too slow to act uh, with securing uh, vaccines. He uh, acquired it on a, re- a recent uh, trip uh, 
uh, from the, the United States and uh, and he says almost certainly contracted monkeypox from a sexual partner in Provincetown, Massachusetts, who later uh, tested positive. So he's been doing a media blitz. Uh, this is him in the, the nine newspapers. He also did an interview for ABC uh, News and uh, also SBS News. <laughs> I mean, some people have no shame, I guess, is, is the real Because um, Australia is hosting uh, World Pride in February 2023. Well, oh. So, you know, it's this has got to be a, a vaccine uh, race. And this vaccine, unlike what they sold the COVID vaccine as, it actually is a sterilising vaccine. Once you get the, the vaccine, uh, you, you can't get oh, monkeypox. You can just get back to whatever it is you were doing. I see... Some people in the chat are saying, "Oh, is it? You know, is it safe and effective?" Basically, uh, is anyone going to believe them? Well, I mean, most people will. But um, this, there was actually a story today. I didn't send you the link because I only just thought of it. Um, but the uh, childhood vaccinations across the board are down in New Zealand and dropping. Um, so we think uh, I'm seeing here the numbers here were about 80, 82 percent, eighty three percent immunization coverage yeah, for children been... now. So, and this is because so... obviously. Because of the vaccine mandates, because of the uh, the faulty vaccine, uh, they're actually creating, uh, uh, they're radicalizing anti-vaxxers. That's the guy, uh, well, oh, yeah, whatever you want to, whatever you want to call it, who cares? But basically, the uh, the government is, is torpedoing its own, uh, uh, you know, people's uh, trust in in these health institutions. So, uh, you know, the the own goals, I suspect, will continue. Uh uh, this week, uh, the Atagi uh, Australian uh, Technical Advisory Group uh, approved the Moderna uh, COVID-19 vaccine uh, for children aged six months uh, to under five years, but only for certain at-risk at population groups, like immunocompromised children and those with a disability. So they didn't recommend broad-based uh, vaccination of uh really young uh, children, which of course disappointed the the COVID zealots. There was uh, one who on Twitter suggested that they were going to take their children to Hawaii, where you can get your any six month old uh, vaccinated, yeah. and but they would probably still mask their children regardless. Yeah, yeah, very sad for you know. I mean, they've already stolen. You know, what are we up coming up to three years, two and a half years of these children's lives, and and uh, they will no. just continue on and on and on and on it goes. Um, the, the, the health, uh, health alert dashboard on the, the Australian health uh, website, it's getting quite, quite, quite a lot of alerts there. COVID health alert, Japanese encephalitis health alert, monkeypox health alert has, I know there's only three cases in New Zealand. Does Jacinta being asked about, um, you know, securing monkeypox, uh, vaccines? And I don't, um, I don't follow that closely. I don't. I try not to pay too much attention to Jacinda, but um, I did hear that the government, or it was probably in, the, in one of the Ashley, Ashley Bloomfield's departure uh, ceremony, they mentioned that they were looking into whatever for, for monkeypox. So the answer is, uh, like most things, New Zealand government, is they, um, you know, they'll start a working group on it and, and uh, make their decision in a few months, probably. Also, the other, what is it, a health alert. Well, it's not for humans. It's for uh, humans uh, bringing, potentially bringing back foot and uh, mouth uh, disease and infecting our 
cattle, uh, which would uh, wipe out our agricultural industry and we'd be forced to, to eat the bugs. Uh, so, so far, no cases have come from Bali uh, into, into Australia, but uh, there's new biosecurity measures uh, at, uh, yeah, at uh, So, has yeah. that uh, Jacinta been asked about that? No, no, I mean, not that I know of. Um, but obviously we have new security measures in place uh, they're checking people carefully coming back in uh, asking if you've been to bali in the last last uh, few weeks that kind of thing <laughs> all right next on the uh the agenda is oh, well uh the the latest uh prosecutions uh in uh victoria of the victorian government's uh political enemies so uh this week uh neil erickson uh patriot activist who he was uh, convicted in the the magistrates court last year of disrupting a gay church in hawthorne back in may 2019 convicted of disturbing religious worship and uh, uh sentenced to uh 10 weeks imprisonment uh, he decided to appeal uh the appeal was heard in the, the county court uh, this week, and uh, so the decision will be handed down uh, by the Chief Judge of the County Court, uh, Peter Kidd, uh, on August uh, 29. Uh, Margot Huss, uh, my uh, producer, who was actually there with Neil uh, that night, uh, wrote a article on The Unshackled uh, uh, reaffirming her view that he did nothing wrong in calling out uh that church and uh i'm sure you well i'm not a i'm not a christian um uh, but you are uh do i you'd agree that uh with 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 margot and uh neil that uh, yeah yeah I, I would absolutely agree with them on that <laughs> But uh, yes, uh, the during the the appeal this week, because uh, uh, the the church is no longer in operation at that particular uh, location in Hawthorne, and uh, <laughs> apparently it's because uh, Neil so uh, traumatized and triggered some of them uh, that uh, they couldn't even go into the the room again uh, that that room because it just brought up uh, trauma. Um, uh, you know, that it brought up the trauma that they they suffered. Uh, that night. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, anyway, right, so I guess I guess uh, yeah, we'll we'll uh, we'll see what happens. Like you said, the judgment uh, was it the, the appeal there hasn't uh, the judgment on the appeal hasn't been uh, given out yet, so don't know what will happen. But um, yeah, I, I guess so. He hasn't actually been to jail at all yet. It is no. Like, I, so you gotta yeah, wait for like three years before they throw you in jail. <laughs> Yeah, and uh -huh. this is if he like is sent back mm -hmm. to prison, it'd be his second imprisonment for disturbing religious worship, which is a charge that uh, you know has only been made. Like these are the first charges I think in like fifty years in Victoria. He spent a month mm -hmm. in prison for disturbing Islamic prayers at Federation Square back in uh, April. I remember we talked about that. Yeah. yeah, so. 
Also, uh, this week, uh, one of the uh, local uh, national uh, socialist network uh, members, uh, Jamelwyn Roberts, uh, who also goes by the, the online, online nicknames, uh, the Vanilla Gorilla, uh, the Aryan Barbarian and Caucasian Catch. Uh, he was uh, uh, convicted of uh, public uh, nuisance after... Uh, the the swastika uh, ban was passed by the Victorian uh, Parliament. The the, the public uh, public uh, display of the swastika uh, was passed. It doesn't come into effect until December twenty two. He decided to uh, do some uh, swastika stickering in uh, Caulfield, uh, which is which has a large uh, Jewish population, uh, with another associate. Uh, Jack, uh, Jack Darren Bell, and so uh, the, the the magistrate uh, David uh, Starvegi told Roberts he av he avoided jail by an absolute whisker, and he has to complete an eighteen month uh, community corrections order. He said it would have jailed Roberts if he had uh, not pleaded guilty, and he said this is one of the most disgusting, vile, repugnant acts of anti-Semitism, racial behaviour that I have ever seen. Your behaviour is tantamount to pure evil and is vile behaviour. It's got no place in modern Australian society and you are to be condemned uh, for that. Um, just checking. So you said the law doesn't come into effect until later on in the year. So did he get convicted for something that wasn't actually illegal when he did it? or uh, Public it nuisance because well it is a nuisance to stick on public pro uh, property but 200 hours community service 18 months uh, community correction <laughs> order um and um yeah. yeah and i doubt that's going to to change uh uh jim's uh political views i mean he is no. a hardcore <laughs> national socialist so much that he's got his uh view inked in he's got a swastika tattoo on his uh chest um the he actual the mongrel, he could come to new zealand and join the mongrel mob the the, <laughs> the, uh, the new legislation it actually um exempts uh a, a swastika tattoos so mm -hmm. when the new laws come into effect oh. jim can go to the beach and take off his shirt and I'm sure he'd oh, get oh, the, the new Nazi loophole in the new over your face. He's also <laughs> now got a uh, black sun uh, tattoo on one of his arms, mm. which uh, triggered mm. a, a, a bartender at an Irish pub uh, that uh, he was uh, drinking at with some fellow nationalists that uh, the, the bartender actually spat in his beer, uh, which is, that, that's one of the most disgusting, um, unhygienic things I've heard somebody do for uh, a long time. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and and, uh, and uh, anyway, yeah, I was at the uh, Sendus Black Sun tattoo. He should have said it was the, um, he was supporting the Azov Battalion in Ukraine. <laughs> Uh, I, I guess uh, we everybody's moved on from that one already, but uh, yeah, bizarre stuff, absolutely crazy. Exactly. 
Um, yeah, so that was the, what is that, uh, the uh, Victorian government, I, I call it the uh, Victorian government's uh, uh, week of persecuting their political enemies because, I mean, if, like, if, if it was just, say, like, uh, you know, if he was just stickering, like, say, I don't know, hammer and sickle, uh, he probably wouldn't even get arrested, even though the ideology of the, the hammer and sickle has killed... Uh, over a hundred million people in the the last uh, century, um, way more Absolutely. than the swastika. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I got nothing else, else yeah, to yeah. say to that. Uh, I was reading uh, the chat here talking about tattoos. Uh, yeah, tattoos are lame. Tattoos are for criminals. Yeah, absolutely. Don't get tattoos. Tattoos are bad. Uh, very, very bad. Don't do that. Don't do tattoos. Um, yeah. Uh, and obviously, um, uh, yeah, one of the uh, the spillover stories from Australia to New Zealand actually has been in, in the past few or past just over the past week, I guess, it's been the um, uh, rugby uh, rugby players uh, in Manly who have been have they been suspended? Uh, anyway, they were they were basically forced or almost forced to wear uh, pride jerseys. Oh, they they weren't allowed to play last Thursday play evening. They had to wear the um, rainbow swastika on uh, to play. Yeah, uh, well, what is that? That's if you, what is that, put uh, four, what is it, of the corrupted rainbow flags together <laughs> that makes that that, that uh, what is that, uh, British uh, veteran got arrested for, for sharing the, shouldn't they have designed oh, it better if they oh. didn't want, like, was it, that like what, so was that's that the post he got arrested? The guy who got yeah, arrested, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, guy arrested, he get arrested for posting the gay swastika. Oh wow, okay. Yeah, yeah, the four, <laughs> the, 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 the four. Yeah, yeah, the, what is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. The four, um, what is it? The um, the uh, yeah, the rainbow yeah, with the the the, stri- the, the triangle with, stripes. Yeah, with the, the, the tri. Yeah, that's right. With the, the corrupted the, yeah, uh, <laughs> rainbow flag, I call it. Um. Yeah, cool. yeah. Okay. Well, that I'm makes sense now. Yeah. Uh, because, um, yeah. Who knows mm-hmm. what you know? Um, you know, trouble we could get into uh, by simply uh, showing that. But yes, um, the, the 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 manly seven. Uh, uh, Margot Huss also uh, wrote a article article on this, and this was uh, it, 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 this wasn't the only uh, rainbow fascism that. Uh, uh, pervaded uh, Australia. There was the uh, the abandoned plans to light up a Melbourne Shrine of Remembrance in rainbow colours to uh, what is that? Honour LGBTIQ uh, veterans. Uh, so there was backlash uh, from the uh, the RSL. I apparently the. Uh, the CEO of the, the shrine, uh, Dean Lee, claimed that his staff received threats and abuse, but the apparently the threat was that there'd be 10,000 uh, veterans to protest that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that, that would uh, that would traumatise you if that happened to you. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the threshold, that's right, the, and exactly, that's it. The threshold for uh, uh, what upsets them is very, very low. Uh, and it's the same thing, right? Just refusing, refusing to uh, to put up the, um, uh, the 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 little rainbow flag, refusing to put put the rain wear the rainbow colored jersey, uh, refusing to put the uh, 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 pronouns in. And in, in many of these places, more and more, especially uh, public figures, you have to do uh, you have to do the um, 
the acts of worship, the public uh, obeisance towards the uh, yeah, because uh, um, the new religion. What, and, um, the, uh, the, uh, what what they're trying to do now, since like it like it it has like been well, it's been used as a as a, a political flag for for many years. They're trying to redefine the rainbow flag and say, no, no, it's not about you know the you know LGBT you know, agenda. It's just about inclusion. So you don't even have to agree with the, the lifestyle. You just wear yeah. it to show you're inclusive. That's that's exactly. the, the new... Uh, yeah, the, 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 yeah, absolutely. It's better. That's a, the, um, the margins becoming the center, right? And so you have to support the margins as the center. Uh, you have to show your support for the, uh, the, uh, the all-inclusive system, which obviously doesn't include uh, uh anyone who who doesn't agree with the the uh, so-called or if you're not for inclusion you're excluded <laughs> exactly so and obviously this is getting much and much uh, this is this is getting worse and worse especially um uh, uh I, I guess rugby player is not the best example for uh right uh um you know the uh, uh morality in all areas of life but obviously uh there are you know the 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 sports, the, the, the sports, as I've said before, are sort of, we're sort of a replacement for public religion in some sense. And so the sports, uh, are, you know, get, are being absorbed into the new religions. They have to also, uh, uh you know, they, they have, they, they have to be at the vanguard of the inclusion, the religion of inclusion. And, uh, this is something that I've been writing about for the past couple of weeks since family first was deregistered as a charity here in New Zealand. Um, I started, you know, working on. Uh, an article about this. Obviously, a lot of discussion has been happening about Christian nationalism, both in America and even in New Zealand. I noticed, as I found out, journalists are very interested in Christian nationalism. Um, but this is basically uh, a choice that you have at this point now. It's like, what are you going to have? You're going to either have uh, guys forced to wear the game by the, the, the gay flag. You're going to have puberty blockers for 10-year-olds. You're going to have, uh, uh, you know, you're going to be worshipping the LGBT religion, or you can have Christian nationalism. You know, there is no future... Or anything in between. Uh, so uh, I've written a, a, short, a brief little manifesto on the subject that uh, I was hoping to publish this week, but I'll probably publish it on uh, on Monday. Just need to go through and edit it a little bit more tomorrow. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's 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 where I see the choices. You're basically yeah, going to have a, a public Christianity. Yeah, and that's the uh, that's the poster uh, that inspired my uh, uh, inspired me to put it all together. You've got your option to have. Christian nationalism on the one side, or you're going to have the LGBT religion on the other side, and and you have no real other choice. You have no way to stop it, not without a uh, you know a sure foundation, without commitment to having a Christian nation. Uh, you can't stop this. Uh, we've seen how quickly it's filled the vacuum. You know, we used to have a Christian nation. I don't know, like 50 years ago or less, uh, at least to some degree. Uh, and and as that vacuum has been created, as as secularism has become sort of the you know the the idea that 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 the secular meant atheism. So instead of secular, the secular being what Christians did outside of you know religious matters, outside of the church, outside of uh, um, uh, ecclesiastical things, then you had the secular realm, which is where you know where Christians did everything else that wasn't governed by church authority. But that has basically now become you know that that became very briefly, the religion of, of atheism, secularism became, oh, well, we need to have an atheist state, which lasted for about, I don't know, five years. Uh, and now you have the new religion. Uh, and, uh, you know, you, it clearly, clearly, you can't have 
the, the so-called secular atheist state. You have to have a Christian nation or you're going to end up with a demonic nation. And uh, yeah, so hopefully everyone is looking forward to my uh, little manifesto on that subject. Uh, it's, it's for the New Zealand context, but um, and that's what will have to happen. Everyone will have to develop this for their in their own contexts and, and find some way to get it to work. But uh, a really important work for us here will be to get uh, the younger generation, hopefully some of the older generation will come on board uh, to, to be authentically Christian uh, and to, to, to really say that, you know, we can't be ashamed of that foundation. It has to be a Christian foundation. If you just have uh, <laughs> no, no neo-paganism, you can't uh, set your foundation on just religion or uh, on, on just science or reason. Uh, you have to have a religious foundation for your uh, nation or the uh, entire thing will will collapse so and uh we'll be republishing uh your article on the uh unshackled as well for, for our audience so yeah we'll certainly be looking forward to it uh now we'll move on to well um the well what's happening to the the ordinary uh man and woman uh while the, the 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 politicians are having all of these uh what is it virtue uh virtue virtue theatrical exercises and passing all these symbolic laws um the uh economic uh situation cost of living standard of living uh all uh going south mm -hmm. Uh, especially in in New Zealand, uh, but but Jacinda has come to the rescue. Um, the so-called cost of living payments have started to arrive. Uh, we got one for Amy. Obviously, I don't make too much money to get one, but you know, if you're poor or you have a wife who doesn't work, uh, you get uh, some money. So um, you got one hundred and sixteen dollars this month. You get one hundred and sixteen dollars next month. And then you get $116 uh, the month after that. So for three months, you'll have uh, a little $116 bonus in your bank account if you make less than $70,000 and you're not a beneficiary uh, or a retiree. Uh, so it was a kind of very strange uh, setup. And that resulted in uh, people getting, uh, say, for instance, uh, dead people getting the payment uh, because if you had a, an open account with the IID, uh, you'd, you'd, get, uh, you'd get it if you're overseas. So if you had worked in New Zealand before, had a New Zealand bank account, if you'd ever filed a tax return with the IID, they sent you some money. Um, so, uh, you know, the, uh, if you're, you know, sitting on the beach in uh, southern France and you'd, you know, done some kiwi uh, fruit picking in New Zealand a few years back, uh, you can now buy a, a bottle or two of champagne uh, courtesy of Jacinda Ardern. So we, you know, she has said, the cost of living crisis is a global, like the inflation problem is a global problem. So um, it's a globalist problem. <laughs> um, and then they sent, uh, if you want to bring that up on the screen, they sent a, um, uh, a little backfire email. So obviously Jacinda didn't uh, support this email, but the Labour Party decided to send an email. Uh, it's called the, um, the cost of living bribe. It's at the top yep. of the section there. You got it. Uh, there you go. So you scroll down to that email, uh, they send an email to their supporter saying, great news. It's a great, I'm incredibly proud to be a Labour Party member. I'm sure you saw the news. More than 2 million New Zealanders received $116 new living payment. If you're proud of this initiative too, please consider chipping in $24 today. <laughs> Your contribution will help just send down Labour, prepare for the next election. Um, so yeah, basically uh, they paid out a bribe to everyone and then 
asked to be asked for it to for people to donate it back to the Labour Party. So they printed they printed the money, gave it to their supporters, and then asked their supporters to donate it back to the party. Uh, yeah, a full so, uh, gravy train uh, circle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, sorry, I'm laughing, but it's it is sad, I guess. Uh, yes. Anyways, being paid to dead people, um, being paid to uh, um, all kinds of people, and I said, like I said, it was you know targeted at, at supposedly poor people, but it was basically targeted at people who are not, either not working or people who earn very little. So um, uh, that means like, and, you could be earning you could be earning a million dollars a year, but if your wife doesn't work, then she'd get the money. So you'd be like, you know, it, it, very funny. I, I enjoy it, but uh, uh, obviously not a good look for the Labour Party. Uh, and uh, of course, um, you know, if the, the, the surefire way to uh, stop inflation is to just <laughs> increase uh, spending. Yeah, so this is, I think $800 million or something all up when it's done. So you get nearly a billion dollars freshly uh, minted and flooded out into the, uh, into the economy uh, when you have 7.3% inflation. Uh, some, some slightly good news or not so not so bad news is that one of the uh, uh, the unemployment figures came out and the uh, wage inflation. They're now talk they're now complaining about wage inflation. The economists because wages, private sector wages, also went up by seven percent, which is a good thing. Inflation, the government, you know, inflation has gone up by seven percent. The government has uh, devalued your your um, your wages, your assets. They've devalued everything you have, and so you get a seven percent pay rise. Uh, but now they're complaining. Obviously, the uh, the bankers are complaining that that's not a good thing because that will just mean that you know inflation will continue to go up and so on. Because you know what, if the government stops spending, you know, if the government just even froze their spending or decreased their spending slightly, you could deal with the issue of inflation. But the government isn't going to do that. So their hope was that people would earn you know less money and be worse off, and then uh, then you know they'd struggle to make payments. They people would spend less money. And then, you know, then then they could get inflation under control that way by just stepping on the little guy, stepping on the the little man. Right. Uh, but that's not that's not the way it's going. So the labor market is very very tight. Unemployment is very very low. Three percent unemployment, seven percent wage, uh, you know, seven percent increase in private sector wages. Uh, so that means that they're thinking of putting the boot in further. So the next step is uh, the OCR will continue to go up. Probably in two weeks, they'll put it up another half a percent. Um, and they are estimating the OCR will go up to 4%. So you have the uh, the Reserve Bank basically saying, cool, we'll keep pumping up the um, uh, the price of money, with the, uh, uh, which which would you know, normally not be a bad thing. Obviously, you need to have decent interest rates because money isn't free. But in this case, they will try and, and force people to spend, you know, uh, who, who have taken on large mortgages, to, to have to default on their payments and so on. Uh, but then, again, unintended consequences, the bank, uh, the banks now have to compete for a smaller pool of new mortgages. So yeah, and I see here from, from Kieran, here 3% is no unemployment, basically. So we basically have full employment in New Zealand at the moment, which is a, a good thing uh, for people because people need to work. But obviously, the economists and the bankers don't like that because uh, then they have very little lever leverage over the economic situation. Um, so <clears throat> The banks are now actually dropping interest rates, even though the OCR is going up because the banks are making, you know, they've got their massive profits, but they can see that those profits are going to get eaten into because there aren't any new large mortgages being taken out. So we're in an interesting situation at the moment where this week, the banks have all cut interest rates, uh, which is quite, 
Uh, but yeah, so what, yeah. what their plan is, is to drive unemployment up. If unemployment goes up, then they have more leverage and they can bring, you know, the situation under control. So that's their plan to increase unemployment. Okay. Um, yes. Uh, Jacintonomics is quite a confusing, <laughs> uh, philosophy. Uh, we have, uh, record low, uh, unemployment, uh, in, uh, Australia, uh, 3.5, uh, percent. Uh, but obviously the, the reason why it's so low, uh, well, f first of all, because, uh, the borders have been shut for so long and, uh, well, Australia and New Zealand trash their international reputations with their police state lockdowns. And also a whole bunch of people still aren't allowed to work because of, uh, vax, uh, mandates, uh, Albanese and his treasurer, Jim Chalmers are attempting to solve, uh, the, the skills, uh, uh, shortage with a, a jobs and skills summit in uh, September in, in Parliament House. I've described it as a, as a mini uh, local economic uh, forum. Uh, so that uh, that is inviting big business and big unions uh, to, together to, to come up with uh, solutions for the rest of us. <laughs> I'm not sure if they have redefined unemployment yet. Oh, well, redefining whether it's good or bad. So if unemployment <laughs> well, is... Like, like in New Zealand, obviously, the number of people collecting a benefit are at record uh, high, all-time high. But, but uh, in this particular case, unemployment only really counts people who maybe are looking for work sort of, or who are supposed yeah. to be looking for work. Um, they're, not, they're no longer counting the people who are either underemployed or people who have just given up completely. So that, that's, that is how they've redefined unemployment. So we have like nearly 10% of the eligible population not actually working, but they're just not counting them. <laughs> and we had the uh, Reserve Bank of Australia uh, this week uh, raise interest rates by 50 basis points, so 1.85%. And... Uh, the, uh, well, I should call him a dis, uh, well, uh, disgraced, um, discredited uh, governor of the Reserve Bank, Philip Lowe, said, we'll do what's necessary to crush inflation. I mean, the reason why I call him disgraced and discredited, uh, because he said last year that interest rates would uh, uh, remain at 0.1% until 2024. So why would anyone believe anything that he says uh, going forward. I mean, he should have mm -hmm. resigned in disgrace already. Well, uh, uh, some a part of what he's saying is true, and that they will do anything as long as it just involves uh, you being worse off. That's that's the only thing they'll do. Uh, it, they won't do anything that will put the, put the uh, central bank worse off. They won't do anything that will put the government worse off. Uh, so, yeah, they should all be disgraced. Yeah, um, I, it's a fuel, uh, uh, fuel prices have gone down both in Australia and New Zealand, though, um, the, the, our Labor government, uh, is, uh, not going to extend the, the fuel excise discount. So if you, if you, if you're going to fill up, make sure you fill up, uh, this month of August, it'll go up by 22 to 25 cents in September. And uh, yeah, same. We is, we obviously uh, have uh, we 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 have had our prices come down from the high uh, as as we were talking about you know before the show the uh, the the situation in Ukraine has changed slightly, allowing uh, uh, the fuel prices to come down. And obviously, it's very very hot in Europe at the moment. Uh, but when winter comes in the northern northern hemisphere, I think 
uh, we'll get the double whammy where the the uh, the uh, tax increases for petrol will come in again at the same time that the uh, global oil prices will go up again as well. Uh, we've had the the, the first uh, parliamentary fortnight of the, the new parliament wrap up here in Australia and uh, Anthony Albanese is already on long service leave until September, despite the fact that, well, <laughs> before parliament sat, he was jet setting around the world. Don't you have to be in the job for, you know, a long time to have some long service leave. That's, that's, that's normally uh, how it how it works. So, uh, but uh, he he claims that he had a uh, productive uh, first week. So uh, his uh, promise uh, to legislate uh, their forty three percent emissions reduction target by twenty thirty passed the lower house uh, with the support of the the Greens and the the Teals. Uh, but of course, this is just symbolic. I mean, uh, if it's not reached by 2030, the uh, the the Energy and Climate Change Minister Chris Bowen is not going to go to jail because that's not how it works. Never how the council, uh, you know. Uh, who knows at this rate by 2030, things might be so bad uh, he will be in jail for a very different reason. <laughs> and. Uh, They'll do the same targets like the like they've done in Canada, like they're trying to, like they've done in the Netherlands, trying to do in Canada, or will basically will do in Canada, uh, as Sri Lanka did as well. Uh, is that they're going to try and decrease fertilizers by thirty percent, decrease livestock numbers by thirty percent or half? Um, so yeah, they they're going to do that. Try, try and they'll try and do that here in New Zealand, um, and they'll do it in Australia as well. So it's, uh, it's uh, not going to take very long. And um, the Territory Rights uh, Bill passed uh, the, the the lower house. It was a conscience vote uh, because this is a de facto vote on uh, allowing the uh, ACT and Northern Territory uh, to legalise euthanasia because a private member's bill was passed in 1996, put forward by uh, now retired uh, Liberal MP Kevin Andrews, which overrode the Northern Territory's uh, legalisation of euthanasia back in, in 1996. But because all the states have now legalised uh, euthanasia now, uh, the reason this bill has gained traction is because, well, how come the territories can't do it now? I mean, mm-hmm. that's, yeah, yeah. that's the, the argument gotta... now. <laughs> Things are going to get so bad, we gotta, we need to have put all the people into the suicide pods so they can uh, move on. Yeah, which, which unfortunately is the way that it's uh, looking like in New Zealand, uh, looking at the euthanasia numbers, um, looking at the demands now to expand it as well. You've got all these people saying, uh, in fact, you had a, uh, a World War II veteran who was uh, 100 and something years old, um, sad that he couldn't get euthanized because uh, he was in pain or something, but he didn't want to take the painkillers because the painkillers would dull his mind. So he didn't want his mind to be dulled, but he didn't want to feel the pain and so he was kind of sad because whatever, and he wanted to die and, and the government wouldn't let him die. That uh, you know, those, these are the types of articles that they've been pushing in the last few weeks here in, here in New Zealand to, to, to expand the, uh, the euthanasia requirement. Uh, and this is always will be the, a requirement eventually. The, sli- the slippery slope is, is real when it comes to mm-hmm. uh, oh, well, abortion. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. uh, we have uh, the laws uh, in, uh, all of the states, up, uh, except Western Australia, abortion legal 
up until uh, birth. And so this is the thing. It's, it's called as, oh, it'll only be for these circumstances. Yeah. It, it ties in. It ties into my comments earlier about Christian nationalism. Basically, is you know we got rid of these things when nations became Christian because they were transformed and they started looking after you know saying like let's not murder babies, let's not leave old people to die, let's look after you know let's have some respect for our elders and look after people and and same thing with uh, you know babies, let's not kill them. That those were things that that uh, changed when Christianity came to nations and transformed them. And what's happening now is a uh, is a turning upside down, and so you see the uh, the neo paganism that I talk about often. Uh, you know, abortion as a as a human sacrifice, uh, and same thing with I mean, in some particular sense, the uh, you know the euthanasia is a similar a modern return of a very ancient uh, you know, non Christian pre Christian or anti Christian traditions, and. Yeah, that we will see more of that unless, unless I say unless, uh, we see uh, the Christians in the West embrace Christian nationalism, re-embrace the idea that actually their nations need to be Christian nations. That's the only way. Uh, and uh, I saw uh, um, some clips of Victor Orban speaking at CPAC, actually, uh, from Hungary, talking about Christian democracy. And uh, was actually that's actually a line that I've used in my manifesto as well. But that's that's what it is. Christian, talk, call it Christian nationalism, Christian localism, Christian internationalism, Christian democracy. Uh, that's what it is. But it has to it has to be Christian. Uh, I, I I wouldn't uh, put your faith in in CPAC or like those. <laughs> no, but I'm, I mentioned it because of Victor Orban was there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah but like you know, like because basically they uh, support. They're things that uh, the left were advocating for twenty years ago. This is the the argument yeah, now. Yeah, that's they, so they certainly are. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, it's like, like uh, I'm not endorsing, not endorsing uh, CPAC. I'm just I'm endorsing Victor Orban's comments about you know needing Christian democracy. Yeah. Um, Anthony Albanese also unveiled at the the Gama Festival the uh, the uh, question uh, that he'll put to Australians in referendum to enshrine an Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander voice in the Constitution. So the this uh, uh, voice, this advisory body, uh, the Parliament will still retain uh, the authority to like about its composition and what its functions uh, will be. Anthony Albanese says, I'll get to that uh, next. And so obviously uh, the parliamentary sovereign uh, supremacy uh, will still be retained, but this is still a body that can never be abolished, no matter how dysfunctional it might get. But we're just talking about this sort of uh, the slippery slope. Uh, this was uh, Bridget Brennan, uh, the ABC's Indigenous uh, correspondent, talking about how the voice is just a, a first step. The, the, the good manners line. Bridget, it's... what do you think? Look, I think it will appeal to people who've seen disastrous failures in Indigenous Affairs policy. Um, one of the key speeches for me this weekend was not from the Prime Minister, it was actually from Mark Gigia, a Yulnu elder mm. and Northern Territory politician, who said, we are suffocating. Mm. Our communities are in crisis. So 
Uh, well, yes, that good manners line will appeal to some people who just think it's, it, it's a no-brainer. Actually, this has to be about justice. It has to be about reparations. It has to be about giving some power to Aboriginal communities. The Parliament, while he, he wants to pull back on saying uh, the Parliament will have ultimate supremacy, of course, but what sort of transfer of power does this mean for Indigenous people? Because that needs to happen. Um, and, and so I just think he's going to have different messages to sell to people. But I actually think there's a lot of appetite now to see some transformative change. When we imagine what a voice would look like, I think it does need to have teeth. It does need to be feared and revered. It needs to be a building. It needs to be an institution that has much more than a voice. It has um, some control um, and some autonomy. Well, con control over administering funds. That's not what. Um, well, it's is not. Being it's what we see internationally. It's what we've, we can see in Canada, in mm. the Sami Parliament. Uh, but it was, wasn't recommended by the Uluru Statement. No, no, it wasn't. Uh, but I think um, leaving the detail quite um, opaque in terms of what it could do into the future, um, what could happen if it goes to the High Court, um, we've spoken about this, Stan. Mm. Uh, you know, I think we need to imagine that this body has, has much more than just an advisory role. Yeah. Just listening to this um, made me think of how um, oh, this is a very inverted version of the Christian political theory of um, uh, um, uh, sort of basically a, uh, a, a localism that you would see with subsidiarity. So the like, local communities and you know like their communities should have power should have much more control over their own affairs and over what happens to them, you know, over what they do with their resources. But with the, but you can see from the way she's speaking, it's very much the opposite. They want power over what? Not their own affairs. They want power over everybody else's affairs. Right? They want power over the entire nation. Uh, and they don't actually want to empower the local communities. It's basically what they want is revenge, right? reparations. They want revenge. Uh, and they don't really care about fixing their own problems. Uh, they care about getting revenge on the people who they feel have, have wronged them. And that's it. That's well, what this is a complete inversion, a complete, a, you know, complete opposite of what subsidiarity would be, which is what they should be asking for. Or oh, Greens Senator Lydia Thorpe, who I, I called the Queen a coloniser during taking her oath of office, she described herself as an infiltrator into the uh, Australian uh, Senate. Yeah, that's it. That's so, column. Yeah. Um, we are into overtime. Uh, we'll try to get through the, the rest of the, the topics quite quickly. Yeah. Uh, I'm, if I'm, you happy want to... I'm happy to skip the rest I had planned. Uh, I'll let you wrap it up and, and it's all good with me. I've had, yeah, a, I've had, a, had some extra venting about Christian nationalism, so I'll take, I'll take my time. So I've put the, the entropy link into the chat again if you want to send through a super chat or ask a direct question. Uh, the the, the long-running uh, defamation uh, case that uh, uh, Clive Palmer brought against uh, WA Premier Mark McGowan, who countersued him, has uh, uh, wrapped up. And so Federal Court Justice Michael Lee uh, said uh, that uh, they... Uh, both uh, defamed each other uh, during their war of war <laughs> words over the WA border. You get to call it even if that happens. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Clive Palmer was awarded $5,000 in uh, damages 
and um, Mark McGowan was awarded in uh, $20,000 uh, in damages. Uh, but um, the, the judge was quite scathing of the pair of them uh, for wasting uh, the court's time. As I said, uh, at a time when public resources devoted to courts are under strain and judicial resources stretch, one might think that only a significant interference or attack causing real reputational damage or, or significant hurt to feelings should be subject of an action of defamation by a political uh, figure. Uh, so the uh, costs are going to be uh, decided uh, later, but they go, costs are going to be well in excess of the, the damages. So the real winners are the lawyers and uh, the, the main loser is the WA taxpayer because Mark McGowan funded his uh, defence using uh, WA taxpayer resources. He defended uh, the use of WA taxpayer resources by saying, well, Clive Palmer started it. So his defence was, well, he started it. <laughs> uh, this reminds me of my children. Yeah. And um, yes, the... Uh, the Liberal parties in New South Wales and Victoria are imploding. Uh, well, the, uh, the, the Liberal Party is in government in, in New South Wales. Uh, they've become consumed uh, with the, uh, well, the, the, the scandal, of, well, it's called a scandal, uh, the, whether there was uh, political interference in um, promoting uh, former uh, Deputy Premier and National Party leader uh, John Barillaro into a plum uh, New York uh, Trade Commissioner role, which would pay $500,000. I mean, why should a state government have trade commissioners in all of these uh, these cities? Uh, so it's claimed the scalp this week of the uh, Deputy uh, Liberal leader Stuart Ayres because uh, he tipped uh, John Barillaro off about the uh, position. There's an upper house inquiry on it. Like, as always, the scandals that bring down governments, it's it's not one where there's like super negligence, which is actually like killed people. That's mm -hmm. over these sorts of like... Yeah, the, the stuff where you kill people, is that, that that doesn't matter, but it's the, uh, the, the really bizarre nitpicky stuff that brings them down. Yeah, I mean, like... At the federal level, they're always appointing ex-politicians to, uh, you know, be the ambassador and uh, to all of these appointments. So, uh, but the thing is that they set up this independent process, which they that interfered with. And because New South Wales, it has the, the, the ICAC, which uh, always uh, investigates the slightest bit of impropriety. It's, um, it's bringing down the, the Perite government, which is up for election in. Uh, March 2023. Meanwhile, the Victorian uh, Liberal uh, Party, uh, its uh, leader, Matthew Guy, uh, his uh, chief of staff, uh, Mitch uh, Caitlin, has uh, resigned after the age uh, revealed that he uh, uh, asked a wealthy Liberal Party donor to make uh, more than $100,000 in payments to his uh, private marketing business, catchy media, media uh, marketing and management, that's the, the, for services as a contractor described as supporting 
business interests. So uh, Matthew Gaia said, like, look, this, uh, you know, this uh, proposal that never, you know, nothing was ever uh, uh, agreed to and uh, he's uh, resigned. Obviously, the Andrews Labor government, dogged by its own corruption scandals, they've uh, referred, you know, Matthew Guyney's chief of staff to all the various uh, uh, authorities. Uh, so it's basically... Uh, derailed uh the liberal opposition's uh integrity uh push and uh and i'm sure sure andrews is laughing is uh is balls off um i'm not sure uh, you should use that gendered gendered language in what is it uh victoria uh anymore and uh, we were going to talk about uh the uh, uh nancy pelosi's visit to Taiwan to close off the show, but we may just sort of skip through that and see what happens. Uh, well, it's, uh, it, she went there and uh, yeah. departed and nothing happened, yeah. which just proved it was more uh, CCP <laughs> hot air. I mean, they're always, they're always issuing these empty threats. I mean, I know, you'll yeah. pay if you do this. And it's you'll. just like, yeah, have a soup. Yeah. Uh, I was uh, initially, uh, you know, I, I thought, I thought they were going to, you know, the, the United States was going to blink because they made such a big deal out of it. You know, it's like, well, why can't, why can't the Speaker of the House visit one of the U.S. vassal states? You know, why can't an outpost of the empire receive a state visit? Uh, but, uh, they, they, you know, she went ahead and did it. And uh, uh, that, you know, the CCP blinked. Uh, not, yeah. Oh, which, they're, they're, uh, they're having a chest-beating military <laughs> exercise near Taiwan. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because they blinked, you know. Uh, it doesn't. Yeah, so so they obviously they lob a few missiles into um, Japanese waters, into Taiwanese waters, but nobody cares. They they uh, they yeah. yeah. As, uh, as more they, they, got, they got cut by Skeletor's wife, uh, you know, by Nancy Pelosi of all people, uh, absolutely wrecked. So yeah, the, the more that um, <laughs> yeah, the, the CCP like make a claim for you know Taiwan, the the more that uh, the uh, that that Taiwan wants like their local nationalist sovereignty you know exactly. parties do well and uh, i think the re also another loser from her visit is uh, uh president zelensky who's like they're not paying attention to, to me anymore like i need more yeah, more yeah. Mo more money and um you know i i want more visits mm -hmm. Yes, I've noticed he's been dropping out of the news recently. Um, we'll, we'll see what happens. Who knows? As soon as as soon as he, as soon as Ukraine disappears from the news, I suspect that the war will will sort of be uh, negotiated. Uh, when, when's Milan Fashion Week? Is he going to to, to go down the <laughs> runway there? <laughs> yeah, who knows? All right, everyone. Well, um, we'll be. Uh, it's been a good show, and I'll be back in two weeks uh, with uh, some more news, and we'll see. Uh, I think uh, just on that topic as well, the Vogue. Uh, mentioned somebody here mentioned the Vogue cover shoot. I think the Vogue cover shoot, not to it not just being enough, it was actually counterproductive. I think the Vogue cover shoot was a step too far, and uh, kind of uh, damaged their brand quite a bit. So, anyway, good night, everyone. Uh, like I said, uh, Christian Nationalist Manifesto for New Zealand coming out on Monday or Tuesday next week, and uh, and I'll be back with a live stream again in two weeks. And until then, uh, take care, and uh, we'll. We'll uh, see you then. Yep, and I'll see you all on Monday for uh, Tim's News Explosion, 8.30 p.m. Melbourne time on the Wilmsfront uh, channels. Uh, as I've, uh, I'll remind uh, our viewers that I am going to be moving 
uh, home this month, so there could be some uh, disruption, uh, but uh, going to keep things uh, as uh, regular as I can. Uh, there's more content being published on the unshackled.net and a new report from Tiger Mountain with Richard Wollstonecroft will be out uh, tomorrow uh, as well, the Unshackled newsletter uh, in your inbox. So until next time, stay safe, uh, stay sane, stay free, stay healthy. And uh, yes, uh, yes. And we're going to win. Good night. Good night. Thanks for tuning in to this week's edition of Trad Tasman Talk. To keep up with the latest real news and analysis from the Tasman nations, visit theunshackles.net and rightminds.nz.